We turn to Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 16, for the ninth time of ten. A particular verse of emphasis today is verse 9. Matthew 5, 1 to 16. And seeing the multitudes, Jesus went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Father, this morning we call upon thy blessed and holy name as we continue to work in this text of profound dimension as articulated by our Savior on the hilltop representing the truth of righteousness regarding his kingdom being offered to the nation of Israel long ago, but also reflective of the kind of principles of God the King that we ourselves have embraced and would seek to faithfully represent. Lord, today we deal with a difficult concept to get our minds around because there is so much talk about peace and there is such a great desire for the experience of peace. Many young people, many old people, Many people in between just long for some peace. And yet this idea of peacemaking will move us to the understanding of how that peace must be aligned with the truth concerning your righteousness and our sinfulness. Truly, 
You are the source of peace and truly the enemy of peace is sin. Help us then to appropriate and to understand this blessed beatitude. And for that we will praise you in Jesus' name and for his blessed sake. Amen. That kid is just like the old man, a good plumber. My dad recently said something like that to me concerning the plumbing job that was necessary in his house. Now, when you are about 90 years of age, everyone in relationship to you is a kid. And the plumbing kid referenced is likely a man 45 to 50 years of age. Nonetheless, when my dad needed some plumbing work done, he did not surf the web to find a plumber. He did not use his old, treasured phone book to call a guy. Rather, he went out and jumped in his truck and drove to the place where the plumbing shop had been years and years and years ago. And surprising to me, almost miraculous in my mind, it was still there. And the sweet gal in the dinky little office told my dad that the plumber that he knew was long gone but that his son now ran the business. I assume that's the kid (laughs) that came at the appointed time and made the repair. He, like his dad, was called a good plumber. There are people to be called the children of God. They're not called the children of God because of their plumbing finesse. They're called the children of God because of their reputation in the little family business of peacemaking. God's children are called peacemakers. Our Father, which is in heaven, is the ultimate peacemaker. And as we have already said a couple of times in this service, this peace sourced out of heaven from God himself is never a peace to be understood at the expense of truth. There are in this world a lot of conciliatory people that for the sake of a few moments' peace would sell their own soul. That is not what Jesus is talking about when he calls upon kingdom citizens to be peacemakers. The Prince of Peace, God the Son, who made peace by the blood of his cross, and is to rule over a kingdom of peace in the age to come, is not talking about a peace void of truth. 
Furthermore, God the Spirit, who is the agent of peace among the family of God on earth, does not operate apart from righteousness. Jesus was not full of grace to the expense of truth, nor was he full of truth at the expense of grace. He was full of grace and truth. The calling and reputation of the whole family of God is that of peacemaker. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. The children of Yahweh Shalom shall be called peacemakers throughout all eternity future. My dad said something like, that kid, like his old man, is a good plumber. Today, we deal with the reality that kingdom citizens have a calling in reference to the heavenly family business, namely, peacemaking. Peacemaking. It's a legitimate question. Are you a peacemaker? The compound word peacemaker is made up in the Bible of the word peace, the usual word for peace, but that word that is in the deepened sense of the Hebrew word shalom, which means things as they rightly should be. To say shalom in the Hebrew tongue is to say to a person, I wish you things as they should be, not things as they are. I wish you things as they should be, not as things as they are. Shalom, the meaning of that word. And that's brought together, that concept of peace is brought together with a New Testament word meaning to work, to do, to make, to produce. Those that do make peace, do peace, work peace, of the kind intrinsic to God, are not merely keeping the peace or showing themselves, as it were, conciliatory among warring factions, which, of course, is otherwise called a truce. Jesus did not say, blessed are the truce keepers or the truce makers. Jesus said, blessed are the peace makers. This is the actual making of peace on the vertical plane with God and on the horizontal plane among men without any expense in the truth. And it's something that the world knows nothing about. And sadly, God's people know little about in our day. There's no certain lack of need for peacemakers and peacemaking. Job said, man is born unto trouble and the sparks fly upward. Uh, Why would that be true? Why would it be true that man is born unto trouble? Because God created the world? No! When God created the world, everything was good and very good, remember? The source of peace is God. The enemy of peace is sin. Oh, look what sin has done to the way that things should be on planet Earth. When the Lord Jesus spoke of peace being experienced by the apostles after his departure, he said, in the world you will have tribulation. 
Why in the world would those highly blessed servants of Christ experience in this whole world opposition, difficulty, and tribulation? Answer, God is the source of peace, but sin is the enemy of peace. And sin is currently ruling and reigning in this world. Thus, we understand that the Lord's own peace can be enjoyed on earth in the midst of troubles in the way of peace which only Christ himself can provide. Now let's plug this beatitude, this statement from the Manifesto of Messiah into our weekly outline of disposition, demand, and disclosure. First of all, clearly, the disposition and work of King Jesus is well represented in the term of peacemaker. The blessed prophecy of Messiah penned by Isaiah 700 years before his birth identifies the man of promise by various titles, child, son, wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of The Father is Yahweh Shalom, the God of peace, the God of things as they should be. And the Son is Yahweh Shalom, God of peace as it should be manifest on the earth. And what then is the specific work that renders the opportunity of God's brand of peace on the earth? Answer, the cross. The work of peace is the work of the cross. And the children of God have been called to bear their own. The Apostle John reports that the eternal word was made flesh and that he with other first century men beheld the glory of the Lord as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God had promised to give strength and to bless his people with peace. And that peace came in the form of of his only eternal son become man. At the birth of Jesus, shepherds were told of peace on earth, and they were certainly not giving a condition report coming out of the world press. They were announcing that he who was the prince of peace, the one promised out of heaven to make peace, had indeed arrived and that evidence of God's unmerited favor rested in that baby born. The Hebrew name for God, Yahweh Shalom, was first used in the Bible as recorded in the account of Old Testament Gideon when he had been called to a rescue mission and sought of the Lord assurance 
of his own protection and safety. He was called to exercise judgment. Gideon was called to exercise judgment upon the enemy. And he was called to bring deliverance for the people of God. The enemy in that day is named as the Midianites. Judges chapter 6. You'll find the record. You can read it when you get home. Gideon, in response to God's assurances to save and to protect, builds an altar to worship the Lord. And he calls that altar, or that place where the altar was built, Yahweh Shalom, meaning the Lord works peace, or the Lord is the peacemaker. Now, the reason that Gideon's soul was so uh, a reactionary uh, to the information of God's assur- assurance back in that day has to do with the manner in which God assured him. God did this, not just speak uh, uh, with a loud voice out of heaven and say, Gideon, oh Gideon, I hear you, and I'm going to take care of you, Gideon. No, God did not just speak with a voice. What God did is God showed up. Gideon experienced what theologians call a Christophany. Gideon saw a manifestation of God the Son before the birth of God the Son become man. And when Gideon got his assurances directly in and directly from Jesus Christ, Gideon leaned back and said, this place, this place on the earth has got to be named Yahweh Shalom. God makes it the way it should be, not the way it is. Christ is the maker. Christ is the way. The whole saving work of the Lord Jesus in the first advent can be summarized by this peacemaker and peacemaking. I'm jumping a little bit ahead of myself, but again, you have to connect these things when you're, when you're thinking about them. And, and just go with me quickly uh, to the book of Ephesians and, uh, and look at chapter uh, 2, e- Ephesians. And chapter 2, and we'll start at verse 11. This is Paul's marvelous treaty of presenting to us Christ the peacemaker. Here we go. Wherefore, remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles, or members of the nations non-Jewish in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision, or by Jewish people in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, 
and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, far off from whom? Far off from God, are made nigh, made close, made close to whom? Made close to God, by the blood of Christ. For he, capital H, is our peace. He is our peace. Who hath made both one, both who? Jews and Gentiles, people that are called circumcision and people that are called uncircumcision. He's made them all one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of the commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of two or twain one new man so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh, for through him, Jesus Christ, we both, Jews and Gentiles, have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The Lord Jesus Christ is peacemaker. It is not only his disposition, it is also, likewise, the description of his entire first advent work. He came to make peace between God and man. And how did he do it? Well, he did it by bearing his, uh, in his own body our sins on that ugly tree. Colossians 1.20 says it this way, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Peacemaking is the disposition and the work of King Jesus. Yahweh Shalom manifest. Now, we could camp right there and not say another thing about it, but we're working here with the way that it's expressed by the Messiah on the hilltop as he's characterizing his kingdom citizens for the benefit of that uh, first century Jewish nation. And so we continue then this morning with the demand of King Jesus that is placed upon kingdom citizens and, of course, is a demand for peacemaking. It's wonderful to speak of the Lord's peace experienced and enjoyed in the life of any person. We know that Jesus told the apostles that he was leaving peace on earth and giving them peace in continuance for their lives on earth based upon prayer. 
The believer possesses peace with God by nature of their faith in Jesus Christ. And by prayer, the believer can experience the peace of God during the days of their earthly sojourn. Believers that walk in the Spirit are said to bear the fruit of peace. The fruit of peace is not peace. The fruit of peace is righteousness. The fruit of peace is righteousness. Perfect righteousness as God is righteous. The fruit of peace is not peace. The fruit of peace is righteousness. The reason why God gave his son in this grand act of making peace for sinful man is that man once again might stand before God as righteous. The goal is not peace. The goal is righteousness. And that's the truth that the world knows nothing of whatsoever. And that's the truth that believers in our day know so little of. And that's a sad fact. But what Jesus said has to do with the activity and the working of peace in the sense of ministry. Or, if you will, family business. Not plumbing, but peacemaking. God, the ultimate peacemaker, demands peacemaking. He demands that his children so live so as to be called by him and men and angels peacemakers. That brings us then to the aspect of the declaration again at 5.9, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. The disclosure, then, is the connection between the title peacemaker and the status of an individual as a child or as a son of God. Now, there are times in life and ministry when somebody uh, 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 takes on a, a passage of Scripture and they do such a good job with it that every time that you uh, go to deal with it yourself, you just think, I can't improve on that. I just can't improve on that. I just can't improve on that. And that happened to me uh, this past uh, couple of weeks when I saw how Warren Worsby dealt with this passage. I'm going to give you his outline. His outline's better than mine. But nonetheless, here's his outline. He said, number one, the source of peace is God. God is the source of all actual, true, righteous peace. Number two, the enemy of peace is sin. The enemy of peace is sin. Number three, the minister of peace is the Christian. Number three, the minister of peace is the Christian. And number four, the blessing of peace is godly reputation. Again, the source of peace is God. The enemy of peace is sin. The minister of peace is the Christian or the kingdom citizen. And the blessing of peace is godly reputation. When we become peacemakers after the fashion of our Heavenly Father, we gain reputation in his 
saving business. That guy is all about God. That gal is all about God. That person loves God. That person honors God. That person walks with God. That person tells the truth of God. That person is all about God. That person is all about the truth of God. That person is all about God and all about the gospel. That person is all about God and all about the gospel. That's the reputation of a peacemaker. It's interesting because the term that the Lord uses here is weos. Two Greek family terms commonly used in the New Testament to designate the believer. One is technon, otherwise translated child or children. And then julios, which is otherwise translated sons. In this case, King Jesus said the plural, huloi. The blessing of the peacemaker is found in his or her eternal sonship. That king has said to us that the king's kids, like the God of heaven, have a reputation for peacemaking. The child is known by the dignity and the honor and the saving business of God. The child is in the direct line of the eternal inheritance of God the Son as among the sons or children of God. It allows us to ask ourselves, are, are, are you one of God's peacemakers on earth who is going to be known for all eternity as one of God's own children? Are you active and working in the God-given spheres of your influence uh, to make peace? I'm not talking about just being conciliatory so as to get along, but ever pointing to the Prince of Peace and the work of the cross as the basis for any person's sense of actual peace as God calls peace. Are you a peace worker at home? Are you a peace worker at school? Are you a peace worker on the job? Are you active in working to communicate the gospel of peace to unsaved relatives and friends? Are you making peace all about the vertical relationship of an individual with God because of the Prince of Peace and the work that he did on the cross? That is the family business out of heaven. The family business of which you and I are to gain eternal reputation. The question for us in Christ this morning from this text is not, are we experiencing peace, peace within? The question is, are we working peace in the spheres of our earthly influence? Are we personally reflective of our God and Savior, who is indeed the ultimate peacemaker? Now, there are so many scriptures that tie into this, that uh, this is one of those messages that should be six or seven or eight or nine or ten, and I've already in this section uh, preaching nine out of ten, and next week ten out of ten, so, uh, you know, I, I don't want to push that too much farther, but I just remind you that, that the Bible is very clear, uh, that there's a prayer uh, that you can pray to God uh, relative to pre peace, and the prayer is, guide our feet 
in the way of peace. Here's the prayer. Guide our feet in the way of peace. This is a Bible prayer. Guide our feet in the way of peace. Say it with me. Guide our feet in the way of peace. Once again, guide our feet in the way of peace. What's that way? Christ. Christ is the way to peace. He's the only way to any man's sense of peace. Let me show you one cross-reference of about six I'd really like to go to. We'll do one. James 3, 18. James chapter 3 and verse 18. And the fruit of righteousness. What is the fruit? Righteousness. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. When you talk about a verse of scripture when you take it out of its context that it just has so many uh, a bazillion ways that you could take it and uh, think about it and apply it uh, that uh, it'll, it'll make your mind spin. But again, the statement is phenomenal. It says, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Okay, uh, uh, so uh, righteousness as a fruit is known uh, by those that sow peace, that plant peace, that uh, peace into the investment of their life and the life of others uh, 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 in the process of making peace. Okay, so, so how, does that, how does that come into the context of actual understanding in our lives for today? Well, again, you cannot understand any individual verse of Scripture apart from its content, the words that are in it, and its context, the words that are around it. And when you go to the words that are rounded, you got to go back to verse 13. And here's what it says. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show or demonstrate that wisdom out of a good lifestyle, conversation, his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. You want to talk about the aspect of wisdom as it's talked about in the world? Here's some words for you. Earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. God is not the author of confusion. Verse 17, but the wisdom 
that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Verse 17 is obviously a description of heavenly wisdom. Now here's my question for you. Here's my question for you. And it's, it's a hard question to answer. But the wisdom that is from above, are we talking about an it? Or are we talking about a him? Are we talking about wisdom as a thing? Or are we talking about wisdom as a person? Well, when you turn to the longest single chapter in which the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God is contrasted, you have the Apostle Paul declaring that Jesus Christ is made unto us wisdom. Wisdom. Christ has been made unto us wisdom, and the fruit of his righteousness is sown in his brand of peace by them that make peace. To those that pay attention to the fact that God is the source of it, that sin is the enemy of it, that the believer is the minister of it, and that the blessing of peace is gaining the reputation of being all about God, all about God, all about God, all about the gospel. A person who is indeed focused upon the Lord his God as his portion and the only righteous portion for any other person on the earth. If God will not be their satisfaction, let them not be satisfied. Now you can take multiple scriptures in addition to help you become confident of your own peace multiple other scriptures to help you experience as a believer God's internal tranquility and peace in the midst of difficulties. But this beatitude is all about the heavenly family business. As we have received of the Lord, we must give. Those of us that have received much are required to give much. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Therefore, we beseech you by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies as living sacrifices to God, which is your reasonable service, and not conform to this world, in any way conform to this world and its brand of peace, but transformed by the renewing of your mind in the word of God. So that then you move on from that to as much as lieth in you to live peaceably with all men. That reality of peacemaking and reputation of family business is what this statement from the Lord Jesus is all about from the hilltop when offering the kingdom to the nation of Israel long ago.
Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Heavenly Father, help us this morning to appropriate these truths to our own lives as believers. And if there be one among us, some man, some woman, some teen, some child, that knows not Christ and his unique peace has achieved on the cross, then may today be their day. Reveal to each one, even now, their one true need. Holy Father, we have sought this morning to faithfully preach the truth that the way of peace is Christ. Guide our feet in the way of peace. heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around, let me just say to you this morning that if you want to talk about faith and you want to talk about hope and you want to talk about peace and you want to talk about love and you want to talk about those things rightly, then you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to think and talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Savior. There is a Savior. Father, take these things to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Let's